Hey everybody, it's Jeanette. And Megan. And this week we're doing something a little different. We're stepping up our game and we're going to start doing video recordings of our podcast. So you can check us out on YouTube and watch us talk and play with our hair and look weird. And fidget. Yeah, we're going to fidget. Lots of fidgeting. Yeah, and you might see a little (laughs) drinking. Like, you don't know what you're going to see. But if you want to check us out on YouTube, go check us out. Like, I don't even know. How do people find us? I think you just search Jam Session Podcast Channel. Try that. (laughs) Or if you follow us on Instagram, the link is in our bio in our link tree. Yeah, you can find it there. Yeah, you'll find us. Good luck. We can't we can't do 100% of the work. No. We wish. So on today's episode, we're going to be discussing Josh Phillips, who was the murderer of Maddie Clifton, a case that happened in Jacksonville, Florida whenever I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, we're going to go into food of the week. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Oh, that's fancy. Thanks. Jeanette, what's your food this week? So Doug and I went on a sushi date last weekend, and afterwards I was really full, so I decided that I needed ice cream. Because when you're really full, you need ice cream. And it pushes everything down. Yeah. It helps your food digest. Yeah. So I googled some ice cream places and there was a shit ton. But I chose this one because it had a cute name. It's called Milk and Sugar. And I was like, oh, that's a cute name. So we drove over there and they had vegan ice cream. They had non-vegan ice cream. They have vegan cookies. They have non-vegan cookies. Like... Whatever you are, they have it for you to fit your diet. So I got a flight of cookies, or not cookies, a flight of ice cream. And I asked the lady, how many flavors do you get in a flight? And she said four. And I was like, cool. And then I was like, well, how big are the scoops? Because I was hoping it was just like a little golf ball. Yeah. Yeah, so you can try them. Yeah, because that's how beer flights work. When you get a beer flight, it's literally like a shot of beer. Yeah. So anyways, she's like, it's just a little junior scoop. And I was like, cool. So she starts scooping these ice creams into the thing. And by the time I left, it was a thing this big. For those of you who can't see my hands, it was over a pint of ice cream and I took it home and I told myself, I'm not gonna eat all of this ice cream. No way. But I did, I ate it all. And it was really good and I will be back. So milk and sugar, don't know if y'all have those in your area or if it's just where I am, but try them. I like how their junior scoop would be like, what, that? (laughs) Yeah, it's like a junior football player. Bloop, 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 bloop. So many huge scoops. Well, that sounds delicious. It was. 
I had cookies and cream. I had mm. cheesecake. I had waffles and syrup. I had s'mores. Yeah, the waffles were kind of soggy, but... I like soggy. Yeah, I still like the flavor. Maybe we can go there when you come visit. Duh. I'll take you to the bakery and milk and sugar. Oh my God. We can go get macaroons or something of that nature and then crumple it on ice cream. Yeah, I want to do that. Okay. Plans. We'll wash it down with a burger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my food of the week this week something that I made meatball soup it was really good I had all the ingredients already in my fridge and freezer and pantry I think it's all of four or five ingredients and you just put it in a pot you just put it all in a pot let it cook for 20 minutes and you're done I want to make that well I was thinking about you because don't they make vegan meatballs mm-hmm yeah and Everything else you can have. I want to try it. Or, well, everything else. Not that you can't have it, but you eat it. Right. Yeah. Well, Doug's parents are coming in December. And when I saw that recipe, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh my God, I can make this soup for his parents and everyone. And it's going to be during Christmas. So it'll be nice and warm and delicious. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do it. I got plans for it. It's good. It's really good. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out because, you know, I'm kind of always dicking around in the kitchen, mm -hmm. but it, it turned out great. And then we ran out of craft singles and <laughs> I noticed, I just feel like every meal should have a side, whether it's yeah. bread or a salad or something. And I had no side, so I just took blocks of cheese that I had and slice that up and put that in the grilled cheese and it was really good so my food of the week is my cooking yay yeah um okay so are we ready to talk about this little piece of shit yeah Josh Phillips. let's okay. do it cool um so when we moved here, I moved here in 1997 at the end of the school year and then going to school the following year in 1998, I remember seeing all these signs looking for this girl, Maddie Clifton. And this is the first actual case that I remember in my mind, like yeah. the first missing child I remember and everything like that. So that's who I wanted to talk about today. This happened in Jacksonville, November 3rd, 1998. And this is the story of Josh Phillips and Maddie Clifton. Uh, November 3rd started out just like any other day. Uh, Maddie lived in a neighborhood in Jacksonville that had a bunch of kids and new families. It's like one of those family communities. Mm -hmm. And she was like a tomboy. She liked to play outside and ride her bike and climb trees. And she played with the boys in the neighborhood. And she had two older sisters. And things just were normal. Normal, normal life. But one of the neighborhood boys, Josh Phillips, he was 14 years old. And he was best friends with Maddie, who was only eight years old at the time. And I find that strange. Weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, why would a 14-year-old boy want to be hanging around an 8-year-old girl? I don't know. Yeah, so, uh, I thought that was weird, but one night, Maddie's mom called all the girls in, because they're all playing outside. She called all the girls in for dinner, and, uh... The sisters came in, but Maddie didn't. And she's, like, nowhere to be found. It's like she just vanished. Like, her mom panicked and called 911. And she's already fearing the worst, you know. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine what it would feel like. Well, I kind of do. I kind of do. Because there's been two times in Matthew's life where I thought he was kidnapped. And I was, like, screaming. It's... It's terrifying. You're like calling for your kid to come in and they're not there and they were in the front yard and now they're not. Right. And so poor, poor Maddie's mom. Yeah. I'm one of the weird parents who didn't panic when their child went missing because he ran off all the time. Matthew always stays close to home, but those two times, those two times, I'm like, what the fuck were you? And one time he was actually inside the house. He just went in through the front door. <laughs> Oh my God. I had like all of our neighborhood people in my mom's neighborhood looking for him, driving around. I'm screaming. I'm hysterical. I'm crying. I come up the yard and my mom's like, he's inside. He's inside. (sighs) What was he doing? Did he not hear the commotion or his name being called a million times? He said that he didn't hear me calling his name. And I checked his room and I checked the bathroom. Like, I checked through the house, and he wasn't there. Weird. Mystery. Mystery. Weird. Weird. But that stuff is not normal for me. So, Maddie's <laughs> mom, like, files this police report. She tells the neighborhood. The neighborhood all, like, teams up together with flashlights, and they're, they're starting the hunt. Like, this was such a big case that people from different states were coming to Jacksonville to put out flyers looking for this little girl. Dang. Um, and part of the search team was Josh and his family. Exactly one week after Maddie goes missing, Josh's mom notices in his room that's like something is leaking out from his waterbed and I had a waterbed sometimes they leak if they pop like that's something but she goes over there and saw um a foot like stuffed underneath the mattress and the frame and everything is a foot and it's Maddie's foot Josh's mom immediately like calls the police she tells them what she'd found. And at this point, like, everybody is freaking out. And Maddie's parents, they live across the street. And Maddie's parents can see all this crime tape going up at the neighbor's house across the street. And they hadn't been told anything yet. I wonder if they just knew, like, as soon as they saw the commotion, if they just knew this has to do with my daughter. I bet. So, um, when all this is happening, Josh was actually at school. It was during school hours and he was picked up by the police and brought to the police station for questioning. And whenever he realized that he was caught with having 
Maddie Clifton under his bed. Yeah. He started spinning the story of what had happened. And I think that was like the big question that everybody had. Like, yeah, how did this happen? Yeah, this 14 year old boy, he's friends with this little girl. Like, how did this fucking happen? Yeah. I wanted to give a little backstory about Josh because I feel like when we talk about these murders, you usually see some type of trend with them, mm-hmm. like that they're off or... Yeah, like people noticed something before it was realized that yeah. they were up to no good. Yeah, but apparently Josh had like a completely normal background. He displayed no signs of being a murderer. His teacher said he was like an average C student. He didn't stand out. He was like a class clown. He had friends, but he didn't like strike them as someone to be worried about. Yeah. Um, Maddie's older sister had also known him. And she said that he seemed like a well-rounded boy. It's just weird that he just seemed so normal. Right. Yeah, and he grew up, like, in a good neighborhood. He had a mom and dad. But from what he was saying is that his dad was, uh, like, really... He had anger problems, like to the point to where if Josh's dad was mad at somebody, Josh would be uncomfortable and scared for that person because his dad is mad. Oh. Yeah. This is the story that Josh said happened. Um, He said that Maddie, after school, came over to his house and she wanted to play. And he told her that his parents weren't home, so, like, he can't. Mm-hmm. He had to do his chores and do other stuff, but Josh wasn't allowed to have people at the house, and I had the same role. Yeah. So, but he said that Maddie was just so persistent and just insisted, and I'm thinking, she's eight, you're 14. Like, in this situation, you're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> but she insisted that they played, and... um He said that he let her into his backyard and they were playing baseball together. And when he hit the ball, the ball came back and struck her in the face. And he said that um, there was blood everywhere and she was screaming and crying. And he didn't want to get in trouble because he was afraid that like his dad was going to find out. So instead of taking Maddie home, um, you know, to her parents and... Just saying what had happened. Yeah. It's like he killed her. Um, God, it's like that story starts off kind of seeming believable because... Yeah. Baseball bats and balls are dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, and she's eight. Kids get hurt. She's younger. She's small. Small girl. Yeah, and kids get hurt. Like, it just happens. It happens. And I understand that you would be scared because you let somebody over at your house when you're not allowed to and they got hurt Mm -hmm. so i could i could see that right but how did it go from bad to worse like that's the part that doesn't add up for me so um this is what he says like she's crying and he wanted to get her to Stop crying. So he hit her twice 
with the baseball bat. Because that wouldn't stop the tears. <laughs> and then um, he went into the bathroom to like clean things up. And when he came back into his room, he noticed that she was still crying. So he started stabbing her in the throat. And he said he stabbed her twice, stabbed her twice in the throat and hit her twice with the baseball bat in her head. And then that's when he stuffed her body under his waterbed. That part is another crazy part. Like waterbeds are, are so, so heavy. Heavy. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy mattress to lift up. How I just he would have had to have emptied the water in my mind. Maybe he figured out a way to not do this, but in my mind I feel like he would have had to empty the water, pull back the mattress, you know, hide the body and then fill the mattress back up i just don't see and all of that takes a lot of time yeah how do you move that without <clears throat> popping it i just don't get it yeah so four days after maddie was discovered at josh's house she was buried then it goes into the court hearings and um, even though Josh was only 14 years old, he was tried as an adult because this is like a heinous crime. Right. Uh, a discovery was made that he had an injury to like one of the lobes in his brain. Yeah. And that that part of your brain, it makes it to where you're... Um, Always scared. Like, you're scared. You're always on edge. Your adrenaline starts rushing. You have bad anxiety, um, irrational thoughts, like, a lot of fear. There, what his um, lawyer was trying to say, like, is, hey, he has this brain injury. Yeah. And with him being afraid of his dad, this is probably why this happened. But they wouldn't allow that to be admissible in court. It's scientifically proven that if you have any sort of abnormality in your frontal lobe, that affects your decision making and empathy, sympathy, reasoning, right and wrong. And that type of brain problem is associated with a lot of crime. So... I don't know why that wouldn't be admissible. But then again, I feel like in the 90s, mental health wasn't as considered. I feel like it's more considered now in right. cases. Right. Yeah. So um, since he is only 14, he could not get the death penalty because in the state of Florida, you have got to be 16 years or older. To be able to get that penalty. Um, but what he was looking at was life in prison without parole. The trial for Maddie Clifton had only lasted two days. And it gained so much publicity that they took the case out of Jacksonville, Florida. Mm -hmm. And they moved it to Tampa, which is a little bit over 200 miles away. And I'm sure people in Tampa had still heard of it. <laughs> like, right, right. Because this was everywhere. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was everywhere. 
Um, but some of the things that came out during the trial were kind of weird. Like, um, remember when Josh said that he had only stabbed her two to three times? Yeah. Well, that was not true. He had actually stabbed her a total of nine times in her chest and then two in her throat. So that's a total of 11 stabs that he made to this little girl. Um, and before the murder took place, this is another, this is another thing for the brain. Um, before the murder took place, they discovered that he was watching like violent pornographic films on the computer online and stuff so that they think that that had already started tracking like his thought process Hmm. uh harry shorestein believed that this was a sexually driven murder because when maddie was found her underwear had already been removed off her body but they did not see anything about like sexual assault like they don't think he did anything to her or not that they could prove or not that they could prove right Right. but it is weird that her bottoms were off like that's not normal if it's not a sexually driven murder right and um maddie's older sister said that josh had already had a conversation with eight-year-old maddie about sex that's not appropriate that's not appropriate like what was he saying to her I don't know. Because I feel like it's normal for kids, especially since he's 14, his brain's starting to think about that mm-hmm. and hers isn't. But I feel like it would be normal for kids to talk about that at his age. But it just makes me wonder like, what the context was. Like, what was he saying to her exactly? Right. Or like, I don't think a 14-year-old should be talking about sex at all to an 8-year-old. No. No. <laughs> Maybe to another 14-year-old, but... Yeah, yeah, like to your friends and shit. Right. But um, forensic analysts looked at Josh's yard because he said, you know, that Maddie got hit with the baseball and there was blood everywhere. Yeah. And um, I think he said that he... Her underwear got removed because when he was dragging her to inside the house, as he's dragging her across the yard, like her underwear came off. I thought she walked into the house. Yeah, but as they're looking through the yard, there's no blood in the yard. There was no like dirt drag marks. Maddie didn't have any dirt or blood on her shoes. So the story that he gave just wasn't adding up. It wasn't adding up. It makes it sound like it was more of a sexually driven crime. Like, I feel like he maybe lured her in. Mm Mm-hmm. Knowing that his parents weren't home? Yeah, his parents aren't home. He was just watching porn. Mm -hmm. He was already talking to her about sex. She would talk about how Josh was her best friend, so she had trust in him. Right. So I guess no one really actually knows what happened that day, and... No. Pretty much no, it's not the story that he told, Mm because none of it adds up. Yep, yep, yep. And he... You want to know where he's at now? In jail! 
in jail. He is serving <laughs> his life sentence because the jury found him guilty. He's serving yeah. his life sentence in Bowling Green, Florida. He has tried to um, appeal his case a couple times because his family feels like he wasn't given a fair trial because they would not take into account his brain thing. Um. And um, they just feel like a 14-year-old should never have to spend life in prison, even if they do take somebody else's life. Hmm. So how's that going for him? Or is he winning any of his appeals? Nah, he's still there, girl. Um, <laughs> he is still there. But I found some information. It says, during the Miller versus Alabama case in 2012, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that sentencing juveniles to a mandatory life sentence without parole is unconstitutional. So he is coming up on being able to um, try again. But when that news came out, like when that hearing came out, he tried to appeal again. And he was granted the exact same sentence that he has. Like he was basically denied. And the next time that he gets to do it is uh, 2023. That's soon. Yeah. Yeah. How old will he be in 2023? If he was 14, that was 25 years ago. So he'll be 30. Oh my God. Why do we even attempt? Why do I always attempt to do math? I mean, his math. Help us. <laughs> he was 14 in 1998. And how old will he be in? 2023 someone please just do the math for us because we're fucking dumb yeah math is hard i try though you know i never give up on trying we are always trying to do math even though we're not good at it practice practice one day we'll be better it's just not today i took nine math classes i don't think i can do any better you can you can maybe one day yeah, so he's he's going to try again. He's going to try again. We'll see how that goes for him in 2023. That's soon, honestly. But, um, yeah, if anybody remembers this case, we would love for you to add in some information that you remember, even if it's just if you remember seeing the flyers for it. Yeah, I was like you. I had just moved to Jacksonville, I think, right around 98. And I remember this being on the news all the time, but I wasn't at an age where I paid attention to the news, and I still don't, but I just kind of knew about it, but I didn't know all the details, so trip down old memory lane. All right, guys. Well, you know the drill. Like, follow, subscribe. Um, tell your friends, tell your cat, tell your dog, tell your grandma, tell everyone. Yeah, tell everyone. <laughs> and go check out our YouTube video and see our faces and our fidgets. <sighs> yeah. So what can we take away from this episode? Like have your kids travel in buddy groups. And if they're an only child, then just lock them up and never let them out. It's fine. Um, and I forgot to make a rhyme. Oh, 
Oh, shit. Okay, well. It's fine that we did not rhyme this time. Ooh, there you go. Okay. I love you. I love you. Okay, bye. Love you, bye.